This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I have so much excitement and nervousness with the guests that I have today. There's, I can't, I can't really express how excited I am, um, but also nervous. And we'll kind of explore what, why I'm a little nervous. But Dr. Shakila Angadi is my guest today, and I was introduced to her from the Nifty Thrifty Dentist Forum, Facebook Forum. I was added to that by uh, Dr. Glenn Vo, and she posted a link to this Facebook Forum that I get, I often get weekly encouragement from. And it's normally centered around, well, it is centered around emotional intelligence, and I feel that it's absolutely necessary in our profession. So I would love to welcome our very first dentist, and our very first emotional intelligence guest, Dr. Shakila Angadi. Welcome. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. I am honored to be the very first dentist, hopefully not the last, but I, I am very honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I really, really can't thank you enough for being on here. I, I'm actually really looking forward to this conversation because this is absolutely necessary. I feel that we don't talk about it enough. And it's something that I've found in my personal journey that was necessary for me to kind of get out of that hole that I was in professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. I want to talk a little bit about how your introduction into dentistry and then lead the listeners into why you've kind of ventured into this field of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'll give you the short version because I know there is a a limit to um, how much I can talk. And if once you get me going, as you can tell, I'll keep going. Um, So, um, you know, I've been in practice for a little over 10 years. I I was an associate first, worked with um, a family friend um, and found myself in a situation where when I was pregnant with my son, I really was focusing on trying to do the best that I could career-wise as a young dentist, not knowing anything about business, not knowing anything about HR management, not knowing anything about working with, you know, hygiene and all the auxiliary dental staff there is, Mm -hmm. um, into getting the opportunity to buy my own practice. So I did. um, And I jumped into it. And, you know, as most young dentists and I would say other dental professionals feel when they first start going into the field, it's very optimistic about the things you can do and the people you can help and the amazing difference that we can make, right? Mm -hmm. With all of our patients. And um, that was kind of my intention when I bought the practice. But unfortunately, that practice acquisition didn't quite go as smooth as I had anticipated. Um, So I did end up hitting some road bumps. I did end up taking on a lot more than I had thought. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. And it took me to a very dark place. It took me to a very dark place literally within a few months of buying that practice. It was a Mm -hmm. place of loneliness, depression, Um, missing time with my son because mentally I was just questioning what I was doing with my life, where I was going. Am I even good at dentistry? Am I good at being a mom or a wife? I'm sure all of it was kind of related in there, but I think that um, as as a mom and a career professional, I think it was one of those moments where you just go, what am I doing? And I think we've all had those moments, but for me, it took me to a place where I couldn't get out of that funk. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is the best thing that happened, because I, looking back at it right now, I really do think it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, I had to hit rock bottom, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I started getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was at the point where I'm going, well, if there isn't a purpose for me, 
then either I need to find it or I just need to exit left <laughs> altogether. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. So I started I guess being brave as my son would call it when he goes into the dark. So in this case, it was going into my darkness um, and being brave and starting to ask and open up conversation with other dental professionals that seem to be more at ease with the balance of their life, especially working moms, you know, um, of all professions, but you know, in my case, dentists and started going to these conferences and not so much for the CE, which is how I was focused for the first, you know, seven years of practice, but more of how are you finding the balance? You know, yes. what are you doing to find happiness? And I started kind of noting that the people that I would gravitate to, to for these questions all had something very similar as far as what their outlook on life was, mm -hmm. which was pretty phenomenal for me to kind of see how that was going. So it opened up this whole door of hope for me that I don't have to practice unhappy. I don't have to um, be practicing with people that were not happy because these are all things that now I know is a blessing. I can change and work with people that I am that I absolutely adore, but I can also open up conversation to help that help that happen. And when I had that shift there and I started improving myself. I did consulting many, many times. I did. I had all the tools, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have everything in front of you. You have that roadmap, but you can't actually see what's in front of you clearly because you are your own block. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went into um, emotional intelligence coaching with one of the leaders in the field and she helped me change my life. You know, it, it was non-dental <laughs> and it was non-CE involved mm -hmm. and it was a really good hard look in the mirror to say, what exactly do you want in life? What's holding you back? What fears do you have? I mean, we dug so deep mm -hmm. uh, to the point where for the first time in my life, I would say a few months later, I actually came to work and enjoyed it. I actually would look at every problem and go, how do I fix this? So, you know, it's it's been a journey, but um, I would say a very fruitful one because it got me here. And I'm so excited that you found my 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 group um, through the Nifty Thrifty Dentist site. Go, Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll shout him out there. Um, he's amazing, by the way. He's doing phenomenal things for the dental community as a whole. But... Yes. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to find it because what I'm trying to do with the projects that I'm doing is get that communication out there because it's not just in dentistry, it's in hygiene, it's in assisting, it's in any of these fields where we are so focused on caring for other people mm -hmm. that we don't actually care for ourselves. And we put all the other responsibilities before ourselves and then we can't express it. And that block... I think is common in so many fields, but especially in the dental field, because there that culture of, oh, you don't need to talk about this. Yes, we do. We absolutely, absolutely. So, and yeah. you know what? I'm also finding with the the people that I'm interviewing and talking to, and just observing people on social media with dentistry, and particularly with dental hygiene, when they're taking their classes. You said several times you've taken classes not just for licensure, mm -hmm. but for, for personal development. But the professionals that I'm meeting are not seeing that it's necessary to seek that out. And I don't understand what's holding them back from that. They rather complain. They rather talk about what needs to be fixed with everybody that they work with. And mm -hmm. they never really are truly honest with themselves. And seeing that, it really starts with you. You have to mm -hmm. work on yourself first before mm -hmm. you attempt to really try to make any difference in your life. And I don't know, you know, like if I put on an event, I want to do events that are centered around improving ourselves personally. Mm -hmm. But hy but hygienists in particular, and I don't know if it's for, for dentists as well, don't want to go to a cor course mm -hmm. and actually pay money for something mm -hmm. that's going to really help them personally. They want to know, like, how is this going to benefit my license? Mm -hmm. Does that make and sense? 
And it's it's interesting, and I, I agree with you, first of all, that it is the same. It's no different whether it's hygiene or dentists where they think, okay, I'm doing CE. What am I getting in return that's going to further my career? Is it going to get me a raise? Is it going to get me X, Y, and Z? What people don't realize is being more aware of their emotional state and more importantly, once you figure out your own emotional state, you are able to then have outer emotional awareness, the social intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also very important because if you can then read people, you can communicate with them on the emotional level that you need to to get further in your career. So mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting that nobody thinks it's important or you you know, you've run into to professionals that don't because I actually think it's more important if you can't get across or understand why someone is reacting the way they're reacting and then you're not aware of how you're reacting, that basis, you're always going to feel stuck because there is not that pathway that needs to be opened to get to that level of being able to communicate in a way that is then productive and more lucrative, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. I would think that, you know, as as a dentist, I think I, I, I'm a big believer going through what I'm going through. And I don't know if you'll hear every dentist say this, but I'll say it for everybody that should, (laughs) 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 if we want to go there. Um, I really do believe that the team culture starts from the owner. And I can say that truly because it has changed the way I practice. It has changed how we hire. It has changed how we do lunch and learns, education, the vibe. I mean, my staff is happier, which makes me happier. Mm -hmm. So the problem isn't people coming in. It's what kind of culture and what kind of vibe and what kind of energy are we feeding off of each other to truly provide the best care? And you know what? Patients notice it. They notice. Mm -hmm. They notice if you have an issue with your hygienist or you have an issue with another auxiliary staff, Patients notice that first. They feel a little awkward. And what I love about what I've created, especially working on this and going through this path in the past two years, is I get patients that come in, and the best compliment to me, I will tell you, Jasmine, not just is, hey, your hygienist was amazing, but the best compliment to me is your energy in this office is absolutely spectacular. Mm -hmm. That, to me, I know I'm doing something (laughs) right, and I don't know why every professional wouldn't want to practice in an office that has amazing energy because that is what we that's when we give the best care isn't it yes absolutely absolutely and it's it's a it's a journey it's definitely a journey to get to that place um so and we're all on it yeah still (laughs) absolutely and you're not going to be perfect with it um every year gets better and in fact right now I'm actually part of a because I want to go a little bit back to what you're doing. I'm actually a part of a group of women that meet every two weeks. No, every other week, excuse me. And we have a balance coach. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also a business coach. And mm-hmm. we talk about some of these difficulties that arise with just being a mother and a wife mm-hmm. and, and a professional. And I've dealt a lot with mommy guilt. And I've dealt, I'm, I'm dealing with trying to discover who I am and what, what's really important to me while also juggling all of those different aspects Mm -hmm. and and balance is necessary um and we often forget about that because there's so much pressure i think in just dentistry as a whole to be the best the best the best the best and not really about the quality of life that you're having that you're that you're having it's all about producing results whether it's having the most as far as dental hygiene and it comes to our careers um for me in particular as a speaker having as many speaking events as possible and to be on social media constantly and to be gauging with people all the time and to be putting out the most information that you can and then within all that pressure you know my family's suffering mm-hmm. um and I don't know if that's the same for everyone that's just for me for me personally but I've had to set some huge boundaries that I'm still continuing to build up because the balance is is necessary to mm-hmm. have that true happiness that you want. You know, you said some really, really good things in there. And um, first of all, you know, really give yourself a pat on the back for being that self-aware because that's where it, I think, 
um, it starts for everybody, knowing that there is some guilt in there. You know, you said some really good emotions in there as far as feeling and feeling that guilt, feeling that need to have balance. I think even more than balance, it's acceptance. We seem to fight um, a lot for these expectations that things should be balanced. Things should be um, easy. Things should be, you didn't say easy, but I said that. Um, you know, a, a lot of professionals that I'm running into, I find that they want everything to be this even keel, you know, home life, mommy guilt, um, work life, career wise, and then their own personal. But if it is truly a balance and it's truly a triangle, where do we always take from first? We seem to always take from, um, we seem to always take from the self portion of that triangle. If we were to call that a triangle, work, home, and self, that's where we take from first, but that, that is, so is actually true. what fuels into the home or relationships with then fuels into the work. And that's actually one of the projects that I'm working on to make that connection. And I've found that that is where most people take from when the other two get hard, when the home life gets hard, the relationship status, not just home, but you know, any relationships that we have, if, if we're, if we're taking, work and home as being the priority and we don't put that emphasis on the self then the other two end up not being as strong as we fully capable can be and that is a difficult realization to make because a lot of us moms myself included feel really guilty putting ourselves first you know we want to put family and we want to put work and we want to provide and we want to take care and we are such nurturers trying to do all of this mm -hmm. but we ourselves when we feel burned out when we are sitting at the end of the day and we're going oh gosh I need that glass of wine because I don't know how I'm gonna make it through another day mm -hmm. you know what we're really saying and what we're really feeling is I feel empty my tank is full and that or my tank is empty and we need to be thinking about how to keep that tank filled but with the acceptance sometimes we can't do everything and I think dental professionals in general hygienists, dentists, any of us who are trained to look at millimeters, <laughs> perfectionists, <laughs> you know, we are, we are, we, we are high achievers. We are trained to be down to the 0.5 millimeter. I mean, that is that how is so we are true. technically trained. So we are this expectation of everything being perfect in our career does. I agree with you. It does trickle down to what we do for ourselves, for our home, where everything needs to be perfect. So mm -hmm. part of what I have figured out and what I hope, you know, many others do is it's not so much a balance. I think if for me, the word balance implies that everything is even keeled. And mm -hmm. I don't think that life necessarily always works in a, you know, triad like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit more home-based. Sometimes it's going to be more work-based. I hope that most of us after this conversation, we'll put a little more emphasis to our self-based, but I think it's accepting that there will be ebbs and flows between all three of those relationships. And sometimes we cannot do all of it perfectly. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I've had to, I've had to make that realization. Um, and I love the fact that you bring out that we're pretty much we're all very similar with the type A personalities and mm. very detail oriented. And when I first started the podcast for Mom Genist and that season two is almost at its close, um, the reason why it's coming to a close for some months now is because I need a break. Um, and it's okay to say you need a break. It's okay to say um, only on these certain days will I accept conference calls. We for me in particular my journey I put so much pressure mm -hmm. so much pressure to deliver on something that really could wait mm -hmm. some things could wait and it's hard prioritizing if you're not really looking at everything and really thinking does this really matter at this point you know I, I found that that's very difficult when you're first starting off and trying to be you know aware of you know what decisions you're making in your life Absolutely. And that is so true because with 
with knowing that you can't do more than what you can do, putting those boundaries out there, but then even having the self-realization to say, if I do too much, I am going to take away from myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that level of expectation, it's all self-imposed. Mm -hmm. And we don't like to admit that. Dentists in general have a tough time admitting that. And then I'm sure in the hygiene world, it's the same where we put these expectations on ourselves. That's mm -hmm. part of it. Nobody is putting those expectations on us. We are doing it to ourselves. And that is okay. Listen, I'll be the first one to say, I put way too many expectations. I was riddled in fear of failure. We are just having all these emotional blocks because we are thinking we can be something that we aren't. Or we're trying to control things that we can't or you know we're trying to achieve things that are just going to take time but our expectation is that it was going to happen yesterday you know mm -hmm. we do a lot of this within ourselves so it's great that you did listen to what you needed to listen to to say hey you know what this isn't what I need to be doing and that's fantastic that you've realized that before that point of burnout because I think a lot of professionals out there they don't they don't listen to those gut instincts they're not listening to what their body is telling them what their mind is telling them mm -hmm. and then getting to that point of burnout is more common than most people would like to admit and that's my mission <laughs> that's my mission to to help other people understand that they don't have to be emotionally burned out because a lot of this is awareness and accepting and then realizing that these expectations can be set where they are comfortable instead of ex putting these expectations to a place that I don't want to say aren't realistic but aren't working with them. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell tell the listeners what is your morning routine? Oh, goodness. My morning routine. Well, you know, we're moms. So morning routines, we need to try to do because there are logistics, <laughs> right? Like getting out the door, um, a child clean for the most part. I mean, those expectations are there. Um, for me, my morning, my morning routine has changed quite a bit. It went from let me run out the door, make sure I have, you know, some semblance of a comb through my hair, coffee not on my blouse, banana smeared all over my hand. You know, it went from that mm -hmm. to getting up a little bit early and creating a routine for myself to mentally charge myself. So I actually, I'll get up, um, no, I have non-negotiables. I encourage everybody to make a self-care list, things that they like to do that helps them feel themselves um, and circle two things that are non-negotiable because those items are the things that we need to do during the day. For me, those things happen in the morning because that's when I have a little bit more mind control to do the things that I need to do before I've started everything. So I meditate in the morning. That is non-negotiable for me. Um, working out is mostly non-negotiable. <laughs> um, <I laughs> That's negotiable say, for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I would like to say it's a non. It, it, it ends up being, you know, two to three times a week type I'm of thing. I'm working on that. So. <laughs> I, I think I, you know what? And for me, I'm like, you know what? If I hit twice this week, that's good. I don't even set the date. I stop doing things like that. I'm like, you know what? This is too much pressure. I'm like, sometimes you just feel tired. You feel tired. Your body's telling you you're tired. But what mm -hmm. I won't do is let my mind not get the ease it needs in the morning. For me, mm -hmm. I found that that was actually more important to me mm -hmm. than any workout that I could do because that mental energy is what gets me through the day. So um, I do my meditation. I also keep a gratitude journal. And I know you know this because you've you know followed within the group and I try and share those things. But um, starting your day with gratitude is by far the best way to put things into perspective before you fill your brain with all of your to do. So I, at the very minimum, and there's so many different systems out there, people out there, I keep it simple because I can stick with it. And I find that that's the system that works best for most people is the one they can try and stick with. Yeah. Um, but things I'm grateful for and one thing I'm committed to doing that day um, is my bare minimum um, in the morning even if I'm you know hair you know combing my hair and drinking my coffee at the same time I will make sure I jot that down but no I do take um, a good half an hour in the morning just to do the things that I need to do to get myself mentally prepared for the day and I find that not only does that energy come on with me during the day it helps me be better as a parent um, because it sets the expectation for where it needs to needs to be so you know then I do the usual you know get ready get my coffee get my kid on the bus you know get to work yes. and I have another half an hour at work 
Um, I arranged his bus stop to be there early enough that I can get to my place of work so I can then have the business mindset of keeping my mind clear. So for me, having those allotted times are so important mm -hmm. that I have figured out that during my day, when I plan my days, that comes first and Absolutely. everything else gets arranged with that. And we often do, I found myself doing the opposite before. And I think a lot of people, they get stuck. They put their to-dos first. It's, you know, um, go grocery shopping, do X, Y, and Z for the home, or make sure I'm doing X, Y, and Z for the work. But they're not always carving even 10 minutes, half an hour, you know, mm -hmm. of their day for themselves, for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. I know I said that twice, but I meant it twice. For themselves, <laughs> for themselves. It is so so important so yeah yeah and what, you know I found I have found um I like to listen to Brendan Bouchard a lot I've, I listen to a lot of his stuff and I've read two of his books but one of the things that he mentions is that sometimes when we have that to-do list we'll have it back to back to back to back I have to do this and take no mental break mm -hmm. at all as you move from task to task mm -hmm. and he says um, one of his recommendations is once you've completed a task go for a walk clear your mm -hmm. mind do something to kind of give you a little bit of uh, mental space Absolutely. and then it'll, it'll give you an opportunity to feel more accomplished as well. Absolutely. Um, and when, when there's a quick awareness exercise if anybody, I didn't mean to, um, to cut you. I just wanted no, to make no, sure no, I didn't no, forget okay. to mention it um, that anybody can do if you've had a rough morning and you do get a lunch break. Obviously, I agree with the being outside thing 110%, like mm -hmm. really. But what I found is even taking it a little bit further, Jasmine, I'll find myself, um, especially when the weather's nice, but even if the weather's not, an awareness exercise that can be done in three minutes. Mm -hmm. So I literally will sit in my car, pull down my windows, and close my eyes for a good minute. You just want to focus on every sense but what you're seeing. So the way the wind feels, what you're hearing, um, if the sun is shining, you can feel that shining down on your face, you know, and then open your eyes after about, about a minute and really observe. Just observe what you're seeing, observe what you're hearing, observe what you're feeling. I mean, that five minutes during your lunch hour when you can get that in will reset you, especially when you've had a stressful morning for whatever you're doing because yes you can take a walk and that's fantastic advice I really do because any change of scenery is great but sometimes you know it's just like driving when you take a walk I don't know that how that's how it was for me I'd take a walk and I'm still thinking about all the stuff I have to do and I'm going really this was supposed to be relaxing why am yes. I still thinking about that? you know that's or, true you know, though or you that's say, so true I'm take a drive and you're driving and you're not really sure how you got from point A to point B, yes. and you're thinking about the things you have to cook when you go home after you pick up your child, or, you know, you're thinking about the deadline that you have to meet, or, you know, the patient that said X, Y, and Z to you today, and you're going, well, I don't understand why she didn't get what I was trying to tell. It, it can keep going on, because from a biologic standpoint, and now I'm really appealing to the dental professionals, right, when I'm talking about science, um, you know, your brain is meant to be a stress or fight response machine. Absolutely. It's a machine. If we understand that our mind is a machine and that is meant to protect us from harm, that is why it keeps going the way that it does. I'm a true believer of that. I love the book Solve for Happy. If you haven't read it, it is fantastic and it kind of delves a little bit into some of this um, and it has some great pearls in there. But what I like about what that particular author said, I think his name is Mo Gauda, um, he talks about it literally being an autonomic organ, just like the heart, just like the other you know organs that work on its own. The only difference is, is we're more aware of it. And mm -hmm. if we don't calm that mind or do these tiny little exercises, it will constantly be on that fight or flight response. And that, once you kind of realize that that's what your mind is doing, they call it the monkey mind, some, you know, EQ coaches out there, calm that monkey mind. Well, really what it is, is it's doing what it needs to do to protect you because it finds that when you are stressed, you are in a place of harm. So it is trying to push you to get the resolution. So you are not mentally in a place of harm, but are you in a place of harm? Mm -hmm. So that learning how to at least be mindful enough to calm it every so often um, during your day. Oh my goodness. Like Anyone who tries this out there is going to find themselves a, more at ease and more able to get through their day without that 
domino effect or the snowball effect of being so stressed out by the end of the day that the only option is that glass of wine. Yes. (laughs) And of course, that really shouldn't be the case because really it's a Band-Aid. It really is a Band-Aid. So, okay, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the book that you're writing? Well, um, I can only go into it a little bit (laughs) because... (laughs) are you know there's there's a lot of research and I am one just like every other dental professional out there that until it is exactly the way that I want it um, it is not Um, so the project that I'm really working on is to find the connection between moms in general so not just in the dental field even though we are great specimen (laughs) dental hygienists dentists um, those high achiever you know perfectionist personalities um, are are great specimen to to talk to and interview but really to open it up and open the communication for moms in particular that um, have so much on our shoulders we have so much on our shoulders and to bridge the connection between the personal to the home or relationships and then taking those bases to the workplace and the career and I have found with my own life and my own journey that that process in that order is more fruitful and more uh, productive because when you work on yourself and you know yourself you can be better in the relationships that you harbor when you are better in your relationships you can then have the support to you know be even more productive and more creative in the workplace and your career. So it's opening up, and I would say not even opening up, unpeeling all these layers. And that's kind of where my project is taking me to. It's taking me to talking to amazing people like you, Jasmine, um, (laughs) and, you know, just really, really kick butt moms out there that have so much on their plate and are wondering why they have so much on their plate and when is it going to end when part of it is how do we get back to enjoying the journey? How do we get back to who we are? Because are we just a title? Are we just a hygienist? Are we just a mom? Or are we who we are? And most of us, that third part there, we're scared of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear. Yeah, there's a lot of fear of opening that door. And so my project is really focused on that third one (laughs) to, to get the communication out there that we don't have to be afraid to fail. And if we are afraid to fail, what is truly holding that back? What is going on there that is is so catastrophic when we do? I mean, mommy guilt is just that. And believe me, I mean, it doesn't go away. I think you end up, as you work on yourself, and I'm sure you have feeling this too, Jasmine, because it sounds like you're doing you know, s- similar things with this, mm-hmm. but you know, it doesn't completely go away. You can accept that you can't control everything with your child or Mm -hmm. every aspect that they do, but it doesn't 100% go away and that's okay. You know, one of the things that I was telling a girlfriend of mine um, the other day is, when did it become unacceptable to feel? We tell ourselves, I shouldn't feel guilty. I have everything I could want. I need to, we're talking in a lot of prepositions that don't, or a lot of verbiage, I should say, that don't, they don't exist. So why are we fighting it? You know, it's okay to feel guilty. It's okay to feel, oh my gosh, you know, when my son got on the bus for kindergarten, I sat in my car for a good 45 minutes bawling my eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) All of us do it we all feel it's that it's and then it's you know we're all gonna you know go through the motions of oh my gosh you know I could have enjoyed a little more time with this I could have done this yes but we haven't and we did the best that we can with what we have and now knowing what we know we're gonna move through life a little bit better because we can align ourselves with what's actually going on and I think being present through through mommyhood in general Mm -hmm. is the hardest challenge but when you are present, isn't that 10 minutes with your kid where you have quality time? Like you are truly there. You're not thinking about work. You're not mm-hmm, thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, that that patient that you had for scaling that, you know, you just couldn't get numb or, you know, whatever else is going. You're not thinking about all that stuff. When you're with your, your child and you are 110%, um, it's amazing how much more fruitful that relationship um, gets. And I feel like you can get there further when you know that that is what you need to fulfill that cup. So it does all come back 
to that self-care, which um, a lot of people are ignoring. They are, they are. And just some of the points that you have brought out thought, made me think of a book I read, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, it's a good and book. It is. And um, she talked she talked about weight issues. Um, and she, what, I, what really resonated with me was her description of some of the challenges she found of being a working mom and, you know, having children and you're trying to get stuff done and they're asking to spend time with you and how she decided to make the commitment of saying yes, no matter what she was doing, if they asked for that, for that time or they came in, she gave that to them. And she, she gave, she um, explained one scenario where she was off to a award show and her daughter asked to play with her or something like that and she did you know the award show can wait and so her if there's something that your kids need or um, they need that quality time um, she would never ever be in a position again where she would say no and I know that that is something that um, I'm just re my whole career right now and just my life in general is evolving because I want to you know, I've realized as I look at my children as they're growing up, they're growing up so quickly. So fast. And I'm starting to see what's really, really important um, because you tend to get lost very mm -hmm. easily if you're not being mindful, if you're not present, if you're not truly reflecting or taking that time that you said mm -hmm. in the morning to kind of clear your, your space, your, your mind space, you lose what's important and so you know your children when you when I see them their happiness and the joy that they have and you know the fact that they want to spend time with you and you know get, be around you that's that is what is most important um, and when I wrote an article about professional freedom and one of the th the questions I asked was you know if everything was taken away from you professionally if you had nothing left with your career have you built a life that that can bring happiness to you are you surrounded by people who love you and support you like that's what really matters but we tend to forget that you know and mm -hmm. now that I'm thinking as you're talking and I think about some dentists that I've worked with that kind of were um, mean or rude or just had their own issues it was probably because they weren't in a place just like any other professional mm -hmm. where they were balanced not truly mm -hmm. balanced but their priorities were so out of whack maybe they were under so much pressure because of the debt that they were in and they were trying to be a clinician but also a manager of a practice mm -hmm. and they just not getting enough time for themselves um, yeah and I find a lot of dentists I mean if we're we can open that door if you if you want to but yeah. I'll, I'll touch on it you know I think a lot of dentists where the tough um, exterior comes from is really a fear of failure I really do and have found that to be the common thread because as you know when you're when you're opening your business and as I said we all come out of training all of us hygiene dentists etc everybody we go into these fields because we want to do good right we want to help people and then we realize in the real world that it's not as simple as it may have been um, thought of to begin with and I feel like with a lot of dentists they're not um, their expectations are set in a different place than where they have accepted them to be. So they find that loss, that difference between where they think they should be and where they are to be mm -hmm. due to two different places. Mm -hmm. And then you add the layer of fear where if I don't get this perfect, then this will happen. If this crown case doesn't become perfect, then this will happen. If I don't have a business that's going to be an whatever number dollar practice that I've done, I've hired all the right people, I've done all the coaching, all the consulting, all of everything, but if I don't get to this point, then I am a failure or I am not succeeding, I am not successful. That pressure, that is again self-imposed. It's mm -hmm. all self-imposed. Mm -hmm. When they put that pressure on themselves, it's not even, there's not even a place for them to be aware enough to say, I don't have to be miserable in the process of getting to that point. I'm not saying that you d shouldn't have your goals to be successful or your goals to hire the right people or your goals to give good patient care or be the perfectionist that we need to be in our field. But 
we got to cut ourselves some slack because right. when we when we keep ourselves that contained then yes it is it hurts my heart <laughs> when i hear um hygienists or any other dental provider that come to me and they say oh my gosh you know what i hated or i did not like to work with that dentist because of the way that I was spoken to or the way I was. And I'm going, these people are collaterals. These people are collateral damage to a bigger problem that that person has within themselves. And mm -hmm. that is a really, really tough thing because what I wish more dental business owners would would see is when they do work on themselves and they do create a life of happiness, which everybody, I'm a believer that everybody can create the life that they deserve if they want to. And the way they need to is to self-reflect. But even more so as dental professionals, if we are able to be aware and create that mindfulness and that awareness of expectation management and dealing with those fears instead of pushing them off to the side we can then communicate better and we can then be more aware what is it that my hygienist is actually telling me yes. do we talk about right I mean what are they actually telling me are they it's not just what someone's saying to you it's what are they actually phrasing to me mm -hmm. when they are coming to me with an issue why are they coming to me with an issue and frankly if they're coming to you with an issue that's a good thing because yes. there is too many cultures of dental practices where no one wants to say anything about a problem. Mm -hmm. And that by far drives me the nuttiest because I'm going, <laughs> if you don't talk about it at all, then that is a problem that is going to keep snowballing. Oh, they're it. telling everybody in the office except for the owner. But why? If that is the case, then that culture within that office isn't open enough to be aware of where that awareness needs to start the other awareness the social awareness needs to happen that doctor or whoever is in that management whether it's the manager whether it's a, whoever is managing their staff needs to be aware that when we have these emotions I'm not saying you know sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya I mean give me a we got to be realistic with this. Right. Right? I mean, that's there. But managing the emotions of if someone is coming in upset or there is an issue between employees and we're not sitting there and addressing it and understanding where that person is coming from and why. What is really happening? Are they being short with you because of something happened at home or are they being short with you because of something that happened in the workplace and are we addressing it? Mm -hmm. And how do we how do we communicate so we can be more constructive together and that that part right there i think if more dental business owners saw that they can be more constructive and productive frankly when their team works together in better communication harmony that they will succeed faster because that has happened with me yes. so i can truly say that i'm not hypothesizing about it I've experienced it my office has from me working on myself has gone from me just being miserable <laughs> mm -hmm. and wondering how am I going to pay my rent and you know I made big changes I moved within a year of owning the practice I you know I, I restaffed I did the things that consulting wise everything had to be done but my mm -hmm. practice truly flourished in the past year and a half when I made that mindset shift yes. and it's contagious because now my staff comes to me me and we like to hang out with each other I mean we surprised my hygienist um, you know just a week ago she thought it was a meeting it was actually a bridal shower because she's getting married and we were all excited to be there and you know we feel like fam you can't just say oh it's our dental family right. how do we treat our family exactly. we listen Absolutely. we listen so and see, that's the that is that's the answer to everything if if mm -hmm. we are able to truly have a, a true level, not a superficial level, but a true level of self-awareness um, and understand how important emotional intelligence is to all interactions, it will solve so many problems that happen um, in, in any work environment, whether you are working clinically or you're in academia and working with students and other faculty. Um, it's just such a huge aspect of um, our communication that is often ignored, which is why I think, Shakila, you need to start a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely hit you up when that time comes, for sure. <laughs> you really do. Um, and I don't know if you're on the speaking circuit, but 
this this message needs to be heard it really needs to be heard because there are people that are desperate for it and don't even realize that they need it well and no one has to practice alone I think when the realization becomes do I really do I have to feel this way if anybody out there has ever asked themselves do I need to feel this way the answer is you don't I will give you the shortcut the cliff notes it's you don't if you don't want to feel that way your life is yours you can take charge of it you can move it in the direction that you choose to move it in but it starts with you it doesn't start with your boss it doesn't start with your coworker. it doesn't even start with your family as many as much as they are very very important and believe me family is so much who it actually starts with is you you know most people don't even keep a self-care list it amazes me that is one of the first questions I ask when I'm starting to interview people is do you have a list of things that make you happy oh well I just know it and I said okay if you know it that's fantastic but how often do you do it mm. let me ask you do you have a self-care list let's put Jasmine <laughs> on the spot there <laughs> it's in my head it's right. in my head it's right. in my head I actually have it in my head like what is important to me Mm -hmm. The only reminder that I have that I'm looking at me right now is something for my business to remind mm -hmm. me to not go below that goal. And mm -hmm. then I have a scripture that's in front of me. And it reads, may he grant you the desires of your heart and give success to all your plans. Psalms 20 verse 4. So that's what I'm looking at. But when you mention that that self-care list is really important um in fact i just want to mention i have two more questions for you but mm -hmm. the um the med one of the meditation books that i like to pick up and read and just reflect on is called meditations for women who do too much and <laughs> very <I'm>, really titled <laughs> it's very great um i learned about it from another podcast that i was listening to that's a non-dental podcast and one of the days maybe like a week or two, the topic was integrity. And it mentioned that when you put too much on your plate, you are bound to break your integrity. And I was like, well, what are they talking about? Like, are they talking about lying, like being, you know, unethical in, in ways? But their integrity that they mentioned was just the promises that you make to your family were some of the mm -hmm. things that were listed. What if you promise to do something for your kids and you don't hold true for that? Mm -hmm. um, or you, And then you can also you know break your integrity when it comes to your values because mm -hmm. you're too exhausted you've got too much on your plate something has to be cut well and I think you can even make the translation to the dental field for any anybody who's working in the environments that you were talking about earlier yes. where they felt that the the communication from their dentist or owner or whoever their management was that they couldn't get through to them and that person probably had issues their integrity I agree with that hundred and ten percent that integrity has been broken because they're doing too much absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. So that I'm, I'm going to, after I'm done today, I'm going to write that self-care list and I'll let, <laughs> the, I'll let the group, I'll let the group know. <laughs> yeah. But even um, if it's 10 things, you know, start simple. It doesn't need to be, you know, framed in a plaque sitting in the corner. I mean, let's be real. We're, it could be on the back of a napkin. We're moms, yeah. we're busy, you know, we're Absolutely. working moms, you know, we have a lot of things going on, but I find that when you have something handy, even if it is something that you can keep in the, in the corner of your wallet or tuck it away, 10 things, circle your top three. That's going to be my advice on where to start because those top three make a commitment initially to do at least one of those things during the week and then slowly grow from that. For me, it's I need to do at least three of those things every day because that's going to be, make me a better person, which is going to be a, make me a better mom, wife, all the other relationships, friend, sister, daughter, all of that. And that is going to help me succeed in life. So, you know, start, I, it's visualization. I'm a big one on that. I feel like what you see and what you put in front of you, your mind absorbs that. And I think it's going to be really great to, to do that. I mean, we don't, I'm, I'm proud of you for putting that out there, Jasmine, because I think it's going to be a good, a good thing for you to for you to see and for everybody else who tries it out there yes and and if you do try listeners let us know you know how it's helped you in the, yeah. in the coming weeks okay so my last two questions for you yes what was the last book you read okay my last I'm actually finishing up emotional and emotional agility is what I'm reading I am actually wanting to finally start because it's been sitting on the side um, 
what is it? Braving Wilderness by Brene Brown. Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm a little late to the game with that book, but I was trying to finish up my list, which is never going to be done. I should really get to that point. You know, like (laughs) it's never going to be done. I keep adding books on. Um, But yes, I'm finally getting to that book. But you know, it's kind of one of those things I can't stop something halfway. (laughs) So I have to finish what I'm reading, kind of absorb it all and then get to my next my next book but that's a good question all right and what was the best career advice you've ever been given best career advice Ooh, best career advice hmm I would say when it was given to me I didn't get it but I think it was the best career advice it was know your vision I think that was the best career advice I got and at the time that it was given to me um I didn't hear it in its full capacity because I thought I had a vision, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't <laughs> what, it, what, it, what it needed to be. Um, because I, I think once I was able to work on myself, I was able to see that that business vision, that career vision a lot more clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, you know, I, I think that was the best advice that I got. But I think it's one thing to get advice and it's another thing to actually hear it. Absolutely. Oh, Man. All right. So let listeners know how they can find your group and and if they want to get in touch with you. Absolutely. So I'm on social media. um, As far as Facebook is probably the best way right now. We are working on building out um, a website and doing other marketing things. But I'll have all the updates in our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash EQ moms. That's where we are starting. That's where Jasmine found us. Um, I'm on social media, as I said, so anybody can message me. I have no problem with that. And I'm on Twitter, Inspire Dentist, Dentist with a three instead of an E because that's what happens when your handle is late to the game. And um, (laughs) so, you know, find me there. I just usually put kind of musings and things like that. But stay tuned because I'll have everything on the Facebook group with all the projects that I'm working on. And I'm excited. I'm super excited and pumped for everything coming up. Absolutely. Oh, man, this was such a great conversation. Um, Anyone that has the opportunity or or and that is is oh my gosh I'm getting all jumbled up here um anyone that is actually like in, on the spot Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> anyone that's actually in the eastern Pennsylvania area she is the owner of the Palmer Smile Design and if I lived in that area I guarantee you I would be a patient um because I just love what you stand for and I can feel your energy just virtually it would be such a pleasure to meet you one day it really will happen We'll make it happen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Um, you shared such wonderful information that I'm going to make application to. And I hope that um, the listeners will be able to, you know, glean some some pearls as well. So Sounds good. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to open up the conversation um, and really look forward to seeing where it all goes.